0: Hi, I'm Edwin, and I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cries,
0: Two men, 15
1: minutes, eternal I impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello there, Edwin. Hello,
0: Andrew. Thursday, it is, September. and the first day of September certainly is. How did that happen? This year's flying by, man. It's crazy. This year is flying by, and it happens, I guess it just happens that way. When you've hit the 31st of the last month, then the next day becomes the first day of this
1: month. Indeed. Calendars. (laughs) It
0: just happens. (laughs) It's the way it works. We're all growing older.
1: And we are wrapping up season three of Text Talk. Looking forward to season four, beginning on Monday. Going to move to the Psalms. Going to the Psalms. Starting with Psalm 54. Do do another 50-something Psalms. 52 of them. All right. Yeah, we're
0: going to make it to Psalm 106, I believe it is, or 105, something like that.
1: All right, very good.
0: We're going to get there. But today we're going to read James chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 13 through 18. I will read from the English Standard Version. You know what that means is, next week we'll probably get back to reading the Psalms from just different, the different translations every day. You
1: know, that was something that I did really enjoy about uh, about season two. I, I yeah. enjoyed the different take of the translators, and uh, it was helpful. I mean, yeah. really, really, it really enriching. Yeah. It really was. It really
0: was. Anyway, so today, though, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version of James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit.
1: Well, there you go. Boom. We We need to praise, and we need to pray... Depending on what's going on.
0: You know, I was in a study recently. Our brother David Bricky, who's working with the Henderson Boulevard Church, was leading it from this passage. He pointed out something to me that I had never thought about.
1: Yeah, what's that? So
0: at the beginning of it, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? Let him sing praises. Mm-hmm. He connected it back to the very beginning of this letter where he talks about, count it all joy when you face various trials. Excellent. And here's here's the point he made. He said in, in the past, he's tended to think of these as two different circumstances, mm-hmm. They're Bad things are happening, so I'm suffering. That's when I pray. Good things are happening, so I'm cheerful. That's when I sing praise. But at the beginning of this letter, we've got actually the the suffering and the cheer all at the same time. Yeah. So it's not some days I'm going to be praying and some days I'm going to be singing. It's the fact that okay, we're we're in the middle of suffering, but we're counting it all joy. So we're praying and we're praising and and we're, we're rejoicing, but we're weeping. It's all this this is all happening at the same time. It's not necessarily. Last week was a bad week, so I spent a lot of time praying.
1: This week's a good week, so I've spent a lot of time singing.
0: <laughs> singing. It, it, it yeah. goes together. I yeah. thought that, that was really fascinating. I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, that is a really great insight. I appreciate that so much as well. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I see in this passage uh, is that prayer even singing psalms, is not uh, not necessarily a solo uh, sport. Can I use it that way? I think so. <laughs> we are invited to pray in community and praise in community. Yes. Yeah. Here's, here, okay,
0: here's what I'm seeing. I know there are different perspectives on this. I don't necessarily want to get it, because we can spend, there, I don't know, a dozen 15-minute conversations on things in this paragraph. I'll, I'll lay out, here's what I think. If you disagree with me, you can push back on it. I know not everyone agrees with me. Here's what I'm seeing. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is he cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Mm-hmm. That word translated sick there also can be translated weak. Okay. It's, it's used in other passages just to refer to weakness, weakness, to spiritual weakness. So if you're suffering, pray. If you're cheerful, sing praise. But if you're weak, in other words, if if you're not strong enough to do that, mm-hmm. call the elders. Yeah get your elders together, have them do that, have them pray. And this prayer of faith will lift you up and it'll save you. I know that some look at this and I've heard some really good arguments that this sickness is a biological malady and it's talking about bringing elders in to pray over you when you've got cancer or diabetes or heart trouble. There might be that there, Mm -hmm. but what always pulls me up short on that is the certainty of healing Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any place in scripture that says that when I have prayed, I am and I'm praying with faith that I will certainly be healed biologically. I think this is a spiritual promise. That's where the realm of certainty is on this. So that's that's what I always get back to. So your your thoughts about the sickness here? Where are you on that?
1: No, I'm I'm I think you're correct about that. Um, the the, the challenge is about the certainty of sickness, even even in the days when there were spiritual gifts, we see that they were not exercised to heal everyone. You have folks who have these terrible maladies, and it's like, well, why didn't you lay hands on them, and why weren't they healed?
0: I left Trophimus um, sick in Miletus, yeah, not I called the elders together to pray over him and anoint him with oil yeah. so
1: that he would be healed. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to think of the fellow mentioned in uh, Philippians in the same way. It was Epaphroditus, sick unto death. Well, why didn't you heal him? You're the apostle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so those those miraculous healings and assurances of, uh, I mean, never were assurances. I guess I would just say that way, that to, that it's promised you will have physical healing, mm-hmm. but those miracles were done for other purposes, to demonstrate the truth of God's Word and the power of the Spirit in those churches, but those didn't even last throughout all this you know, first century. All of that to say, even if you had elders in a congregation, you know, let's say Corinth in the first century, I don't know that they necessarily would have been healing. And that would not be and should not be understood as a reflection on your faith. You have people today who I believe have no power of God in order to heal. And when, when they don't heal people, though they claim they will and they'll take their money, they'll beat them with the you didn't faithless have enough faith. Stick. You don't have enough faith. Yeah. If you had faith, you'd be healed. Because yeah. I promise I can heal faithful people. Uh, and and that's a scam, and people are abused that
0: way. The, we're, tomorrow, we're going to read verses 19 and 20, but I guess I'll go ahead and read them now. Because it does say, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death, death and will cover a multitude of sins. I, that death... Is a spiritual death. That's what they're talking about. Right. I, th- I think we're walking a path here about folks. As, as James is writing to these folks who are being persecuted, who are struggling, uh, they've they've been driven away from their homes. He's trying to get them to hang on. He's trying to get them to establish their hearts. And so he realizes that I get it. You're suffering, so pray. Yeah. And you're counting it all joy while you're suffering. So sing. But if you're in a state of weakness, that you can't you can't do that. Or, or you struggle with that? Bring your elders around you. Have them pray for you. I will admit, yeah, well, I think the I, I will I think the anointing with oil is a cultural thing. I don't I don't think that's a part of like here's the ritual. You've got to anoint with oil or this
1: doesn't work. I'll admit that. Well, I, I was just going to say that in my reflection upon this, and people who've been listening to you know James this portion of our season No, we've been drawing a lot of connections between this and the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And my reflection upon that is some of the teaching that the Lord did in regard to fasting, often coupled with prayer, right? You know, and and, in Matthew 5 and 16, he says, moreover, when you fast do not be like the hypocrites, with a sad countenance, they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Uh, Surely I say to you they have the reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And I guess my, my thought was that this anointing with oil may go back to this, to demonstrate an intensity of prayer, even coupled with fasting, and that you are not doing this alone. But, you know, the sign of the community coming together in the prayer is the anointing with oil. As we move on, what we do
0: recognize is that not all spiritual weakness is sinfulness, Mm. because he highlights, and if he has sinned, the sins will be forgiven. Good point. The reality is, it's not a sin to doubt. Mm-hmm. it's not a sin to struggle it's not a sin to be in the midst of the suffering and and be or, at that or the weakness. trials
1: mentioned in James
0: 1 yes and and to have the doubts mm-hmm. what do we do I bring I bring my shepherds around me and have them pray anointing we, me with oil and I, I really like you bringing that in about the fasting because it's that it's that picture of I'm not going around showing everybody how awful it is I rather I'm bringing in and and mm-hmm. I'm being lifted up and it, in any event But if sin is a part of it, that too will be forgiven, which gets us to the the point I I think you were driving at a few moments ago and wanting to get to, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. It's not a solo
1: sport. Intercession, the idea of praying for other people. That requires some honesty and transparency among Christians. Uh, you know, it, it talks about uh, calling in the elders, and so maybe we would have the sense in a congregation that has an eldership, you know, the the desire to have transparency with them. But it doesn't say just with elders; it says one to another. Yes. And the goal here
0: is that folks within a congregation trust their elders, will reach out to their elders, will recognize that the purpose of my shepherds is not to not to punish me when I've done something wrong, not to beat me when I haven't lived up to it, not to put me in my place, but for me to be able to admit I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I'm weak, I'm even sinning, and so I'm calling you to come Pray with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm calling you to come pray with me. And then he takes it outside the elders and brings it to the congregation. Therefore, confess to one another and pray with one another. One of the things that concerns me today as I interact with folks, especially online, I know there's this big push for authenticity, for being real, for being vulnerable. And there's a level at which that's fantastic. Yeah. The reality is, this is a level of authenticity, a level of reality, a level of vulnerability. I'm letting you know. Here's where I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Here's my sins. The, the problem that I often hear today, though, is that it, it almost comes off like we revel in the mess. Mm-hmm. My life is just so messy as if the goal of all this is for me to admit the big mess my life is in. Yeah. Yeah. When my life is in a mess, I need to admit it. Mm -hmm. When my life is messy, I need to call the elders, pray with me. I need to go to my brothers and sisters confessing to them. This is not talking about going forward at the end of the sermon. This is about having relationships where I'm open. Yeah. But the goal is healing. Right. The goal is not catharsis. Mm -hmm. The goal is healing. Big difference there. I'm letting you know my life is messy. Because this is the way we clean up the mess.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we
0: don't just vomit it all up and roll around in it. Yeah. And I feel better now, just like when I had a stomach bug. I feel better now that I vomited, uh, but I just start feeling sick again in a little while. Th- this is yeah. about sharing and praying with one another.
1: And to have a confidence in the prayer. I mean, to bring up Elijah, I think, is an example of a righteous man, of course. We would hope to have that uh, in the local church. We'd hope to have that among elders, of course. But look at Elijah. Look at Elijah. And trust God to hear the prayer. Trust God in the effectiveness of the prayer. You know, I think about these saints living through a time where maybe some of them had witnessed miracles, and now they come to a place where they're seeing them a lot less. Well then, where's the power of God? How can we trust in the power of God? We go to prayer, yes, and we're going to understand that the power is in the prayer.
0: Elijah. Well, the power is in the God. Well, to the whom power is in the God to whom we pray. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always want to make sure we grasp that the power is in the God to whom we pray, and that's why we pray. That's Elijah. We read earlier in the week a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 11 where God had said, if you follow me, I'll send the rain. If you turn to idols, I'll shut the rain off. Elijah was able to pray this prayer with faith, not because he's like, I really don't want it to rain and I just believe really, really hard that if I pray that it won't, it won't. No, he's able to pray this prayer with faith because this is what God had promised. God Mm -hmm. had promised, you go to idolatry, I'll shut off the rain. What had Israel done? Yeah. They had gone Got into idolatry. Yeah. Elijah prays for the rain to stop. And then God actually tells him to pray that the rain will start. You know, we're, we're going to go have this,
1: yeah, we're going right. to have this altercation between you
0: and the prophets, mm-hmm. and then the rain will start. And so he prays for it to start. And it doesn't start the first time. It doesn't start the second time. If I remember right, I think it takes like seven times, and then it starts to rain. What did yeah. he do? God had promised, so he prayed. It didn't happen, so he prayed again. It didn't happen, so he prayed again, and he he hung on to that promise. That's the prayer of faith. So there could be a lot of
1: prayer going on, a lot of prayer with elders, a lot of prayer in a congregation.
0: And what we're learning is God has promised, if you're weak, if you're sick in your spirit and your soul, you bring the elders around, you confess to one another, you pray, you will be healed. If it didn't work the first time, guess what? Mm -hmm. Do it again. Mm -hmm. Work the plan until the plan works. Mm. I think that's what we need to do here. In fact, we're out of time. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up with prayer right now. Holy God, we rejoice because you're with us. And even in our suffering, even in our suffering, we know that you are growing us. And so we pray for strength and steadfastness. And Lord, we pray that everyone who is hearing this, whether it's in our congregation or elsewhere, when we are weak, rather than hiding from our shepherds, we will reach out to them and bring them around us to pray for us, to lift us up, that we will confess to one another and pray for one another that we will be healed because we trust your promise. In the same way you promised to turn off the rain, we know that you have promised to grow us, give us wisdom, and to heal us. And so we reach out to you for that. We love you, Lord God. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org